We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Little Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, it's the mighty Mossy Ian Moss, ladies and gentlemen. And our panel, Gene Kitson, Rebecca de Unamuno and James Valentine. And our audience this week, drawn from Bathurst, Mount Rankin, which is west of Bathurst, Wollongong, Walgett, Juni, Wari Alda and Come By Chance. First, before we go any further, James Valentine is here with mm. another musical news from nowhere. Look, thank you, Mr Glover. Um, and, yes, this one, I, I started off... This started, oh, I don't know, the Monday after the ball tampering exercise, um, which we've since learnt is just a standard part of Australian cricket. Um, but I, I, I started... The, there was a song for a while that was all about the baggy green, and then it sort of... I started to realise it's not just the cricketers, is it, who don't mind, don't mind a little bit of a... Shave it off here and there, and a little bit of a bit of a dodge, a little bit of a lurk. So this is really a song for all of us. If you're a cricketer or a banker, a politician or just any wanker, then you know that here in Oz we do things right. We know the rules and we obey them, except now and then when we can play them, it's as Australian as punching sharks or Vegemite. You can be out there pulling a load or in the office writing code, but we all know it's okay to cut a corner. Stuff can fall off from the truck. In your tucker bag, that your jump buck? It's as Australian as wrestling crocs or melanoma. <laughs> so come on, Aussie, give it a go. You'd be a mug if you didn't, so don't be slow. From the rum court to today, it's with what we can get away. It's only un-Australian when you get caught. So come on, Aussie, it's what we do. Take a little off the top, that's real true blue. In our schools, it's what we're taught. At Gallipoli, it's why we fought. Oi, 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 you'll be right, but don't get caught. Well, the cricketers play it rough. No salary cap's enough And the action's always behind the play When anyone feels the heat Then it seems okay to cheat It's as Australian as debating Australia Day (laughs) If our polly's not playing tricks Then their entitlements they'll fix It's impossible these people to embarrass Our business can seem lax Except when they're not paying tax It's as Australian as a gum tree or Rolf Harris. <laughs> well, come on, Aussie, be dinkum fair. You'd have your snout in the trough if there was room to spare. From Mid Kelly to today, it's with what we can get away. It's only un Australian if you get caught. So come on, Aussie, get on the job. You'd be a bludger and a wowser if you dob. 
Our banks and pollies are a shocker, but no worse than any other rocker. Oi, 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 she'll be right, but don't get caught. Oi, 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 she'll be right, but don't get caught. Oi, 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 she'll be right, but don't get caught. Ben Valentine! Thank you! New anthem! New anthem! Brilliant! Brilliant, James Armstrong playing guitar in front of Ian Moss. <laughs> this unique radio program, which contains both the best guitar player in the Austra in Australia and uh, oh, actually, uh, let's me introduce our panel: Gene <laughs> Kitson, Rebecca De Unamuno, and James Valentine. Yeah. Let's uh, let's after that bit of brilliance, check that you were up with this week's news. Who had to face up to have the book thrown at him? Who's this about? Mm, this is, this is, well, we all know. It's Mark Zuckerberg yeah. and Facebook. And it seems, you know, look, it seems like only yesterday when we were all fretting about spooky government surveillance and all the time we've actually been spying on ourselves <laughs> and following ourselves and bugging our own phones and making up massive dossiers on ourselves <laughs> full of incriminating photographs, especially involving swimwear and free drinks and tattoos. <laughs> and all the scary government agencies have to do is hack into our Facebooks. It must make all those Stasi types kick themselves. <laughs> it's so easy. And it's That's right, East Germany had one in ten of the population spying on each other. We've got ten in Ten. ten in ten. Yeah, 100%. And it's not as if they're invading our privacy because we're, if we're on Facebook, we don't actually want any privacy. We haven't got any privacy. We want selfies. I mean, because you just look at journalists, you know, the first thing that happens when celebrities get into trouble, they just go onto their Facebook and download a photo of them in their swimwear on holidays with little drinks with umbrellas in them. <laughs> and the good news is that, however, is that all the data that is harvested and Soul is sold to advertisers and political parties, and as we know, we all ignore about 99% of advertising and especially political ads. That's why we pre record TVs, you know, and fast forward through the ads. So it doesn't. Mm. So it's really... all right in the end. Well, it's except that the scary thing is actually Mark, the, the scary thing is Mark Zuckerberg himself, because I, he is clearly a robot. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, he must be one of those artificial intelligence. I think they, at night they put him in the mop cupboard. Uh, you know, just put, he really is, he was really sort of weird. Did he, make, he? he made six billion or something just sitting there. Just, like did in the it, amount of time he was there. there, he made another six billion. I would have liked someone to ask him a tricky question, you know, like what's the capital of Honduras or, <laughs> yeah. or how many Grand Slams have the no, Williams no. sisters no, you'd, you'd won? Ask him, or... You'd ask him, name all the characters in Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> what should smoke <laughs> come out his ears? That's really hard because they're all wearing masks. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, is it just me or does everybody else want to punch Mark Zuckerberg in the face? I don't, I don't, it's got nothing to do with this incident. I just look at his face and I want to punch it. I don't know why. I just have that reaction. Just a little, just a little talk. There's a little talk on the nose. Go, take that. Just get some reaction. I don't know why I want to do that, but I do. Loosen him up. But apparently he, um, I do have to empathise with him because apparently throughout the uh, time that he was enduring this you know, grilling, he had to use a booster seat and yeah. uh no he did i know i know there's what that's that, like there's a picture of a little yes. booster yes. pillow that yes he was also a toilet because he was shitting himself yeah. at the time so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like when you're eight and you go to the barbers and they put an upside down skateboard <laughs> yeah, on the chairs right. yeah nice he's either got really 
bad hemorrhoids or he's short. I don't know which. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then I wonder, like, if, if people are spying on me, if of all my stuff is being, my data's being, you know, taken and everything, it's pretty much all they'd know about me from Facebook was, well, she's clearly has no disposable income, no relationship to speak of, no kids, rarely eats out and only watches a mix of documentaries in the Real Housewives series. <laughs> so they just usually send me sympathy cards. <laughs> All of the uh, all the Facebook data, of course, was uh, it was found on a survey. You know, like Cambridge Analytica, you know, got the site guy to go and put on a survey, and then they could steal all that sort of stuff. I found a really funny survey on my Facebook feed this week. I thought we could all do it. Um, <laughs> do you listen to TGIF uh, every week, whenever I can? Only in my great aunt's car, which has been stuck on two BL since last century. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you. Uh, do you think I'm related to Subby Valentine? Uh, yes, no, what kind of a name is Subby? Uh, on a scale of a one to seven, rate Tommy Dean, Anthony Aykroyd, Gary Eck, Richard Glover. You know, so you could put that sort of sliding scale stuff, a lot of data there. Um, how much has TGIF been improved since I've turned up to sing some somewhat amusing songs? Uh, heaps, totally heaps. Unbelievable. I'm disappointed when he's not there. So, you know, that's a sort of useful survey I think would be quite good. You don't Facebook... think the way you've set up those answers is, is in any way biased? No, no, I don't know what you mean there. Uh, no, it seems all right. But you could harvest the data uh, there, yeah, Richard. Yeah, you know, you could learn yeah. a lot about the audience and what's yeah, going on. Yeah. So, you know, why don't we learn from Zuckerberg and, and adopt the same techniques? But I know where they're from. I'm where they're from. Juni, Warren. Yelder, come by chance, Bathurst, Mount Rankin, yeah, Wollongong true. and Walden. That's true, yeah. But what that, more do I need to know? That, that's true. <laughs> if you're talking about people from, you know, come by chance, nothing else you need to know. <laughs> but, did, but did he come by chance? Uh, Was he trying to get to the 2GB theatre? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. That's right. uh, okay, who says the government can increase its grip on power? by increasing its grip on power. Mm. Uh, well, this is, this is uh, the, the group of uh, right-wing politicians who think that, you know, um, they need to keep... Is it Little? Is that how it's pronounced? Liddell. 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 Yeah. Good. The yeah, father in... Liddell open. Yeah. yeah. The power in Liddell. The power in <laughs> That's Liddell. That's very good. Hi. Oh, <laughs> the power in Liddell. Oh, Christensen thanks. says to keep it. No, I'm just making this up. Um, uh... I'm stealing that. <laughs> and he went, well, George Christensen says that they should keep uh, keep it open, the plant open, uh, and, be, and be forced to keep it open. Which well, I think... Christensen does. Yeah, Christensen he says, says He that. says the government should forcibly acquire Liddell from AGL. Just to keep it open for, uh, what, up to its 50? What is it? No, it's past 50th the 50th. Yeah. They're, they're, they're Beyond gonna, They're going to close it in that's 2022. Right. He outrageous. actually wants to reintroduce national service, put troops out there, yeah, yeah, that's force right. them to their workers and to stay there. And this morning I received yeah. a sink and some chains and was nice. told to tie myself to it. It was weird. Um, <laughs> And then Tony Abbott, he says that he thinks that, um, that the government should be spending $4 billion to build its own coal plant, mm, yeah, right? You just go, okay, well, these ideas are outrageous. So let's look at it. Let's break it down. George Christensen wants something to remain long after it's used by Dave. Just think about that for a moment. <laughs> and the natural progression takes you to Tony Abbott, doesn't it? <laughs> and I would like Tony Abbott to spend $4 billion and take a TAFE course so that he can get a new job and get out of my television news feed. Mm. I'm yeah, tired I mean, of Tony Abbott telling me what to do and what to spend my on money on. On the other hand, I'm a bit disturbed about these people that say the, the Dell should be closed because its natural life uh, has ended at 50 years. Yeah. Some of us. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's true. Well, and then the Prime Minister got involved too and he rang AGL and suggested they sell Liddell to a competitor and AGL 
meanwhile says it can replace the 10% of New South Wales power generated by Liddell by investing in more modern methods. And my top question is invest what? Are they having a whip around in the boardroom? <laughs> no, they are investing your last power bill. Mm. You know, the really enormous, offensively unpleasant big one. Here's a short history of the industrial age. Modern methods make things cheaper and more available. AGL's modern methods make things much more expensive and harder to afford. How come? I don't know. <laughs> Are AGL like those other companies that invested in square bicycle wheels or Betamax or Clear Coke or DC Power when they too were modern methods? Of course, the only worst thing I think would be for government to actually run the power stations because then they'd be rushing affordable power to marginal electorates <laughs> while the rest of us explore modern methods of making tallow candles and, bur and knitting warm socks. Are oh, you just describing Newtown there at the end? That's quite common. Yeah. They're already doing their best. <laughs> They're doing that, yeah. Katoomba, yeah, yeah. I just find it... I find the power story the, is the exact equivalent. Like when I first started here, when it was 2BL back in the day, the, the ongoing story that drove me insane was the privatisation of the NRMA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that? And it went on for about 10, 12 yeah. years, and I could never. That was a mistake. I would approach, it probably was a mistake, but like I would approach the story, and uh, about three paragraphs in, I go, oh, I'm so bored. <laughs> oh, I just don't care. Why are these people so passionate about the privatisation of the NRMA? And people would call in about it. Yeah. And power's been exactly the same. I know it's really important, but the number of debates about, oh, should we sell the polls and wires? No, we're not going to sell the polls and wires, James. It's a you know, crucial part of It's just like, it, it's driven me insane and it makes me regret immensely our lack of Quentin Dempster because <laughs> Quentin's job was basically to keep his head across this stuff, come on and talk about it 10 minutes so you didn't have to. Exactly. You know, exactly. he was fed. He'd, he had, with you. he'd have 30 years of, of research, he'd compare it to Queensland, it was fantastic, it was absolutely true and all he had to do was nod wisely while he said it. It was great. He didn't have so, to make any jokes about it, no, Richard. Bring no. back the Can Dempster. Can you please oh, not put any more power station now, questions who, in? Final question for this week's news. Who has been given a dressing down on the right to be dressing down? Of course, at last, a big issue. Yes. This is a Thank big God. issue. Now we're getting to them. The surf club singlet regulations. Southern Queensland surf clubs yep. have, have found that they have a discriminating dress code because men aren't allowed to wear singlets, but women are allowed to wear singlets. Shame, shame. shame. Do the singlets I have know, to be let's wet? Bring to the, no. the Anti-Discrimination Board says this is actually in contradiction of the law. You're not allowed to have different rules for men and women. Yeah. And if you're going to let the women wear singlets, the men of Queensland have got to be allowed to wear singlets as well. Well, yeah. I think it comes down to just... It just comes down to the B words, breasts and bellies. <laughs> breasts in a singlet may be aesthetically pleasing to men. Bellies in a singlet and never pleasing to women. Is Ever. that right? And I didn't make up those rules. No. That's nature. That's how sure? it is. Suck it up. Get over it. Are you sure? I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> when women wear a singlet, I don't even really think they're called a singlet. No. I think they can get around this. Okay, but what if, the belly, what if the belly in question is moving a little? What if the belly looks like a sort of wombat in a, in a, in a, in a bag? Struggling in a, a bag. Struggling in a bag. With a, with with a ferret. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Richard. <laughs> that's, Richard, Richard. That's oh, attractive, that, isn't Richard, it? Richard, we're oh, trying again, listeners. Richard, we're trying to gain listeners. You're I'm giving sorry, them an image I've, just, I've literally just know. come by chance, Richard. I think that was just outrageous. <laughs> that visual image. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like Wombat escaping from the bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Re 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 Rebecca, do you think the men of Queensland should be allowed to wear singlets to their club? No. 
<laughs> I, have you seen men in singlets? I don't know. Exactly. And I, just, I just, no, I don't think they should. I, I think um, if you're going to have a singlet on, you know, yes, you can keep it on, but just wear a flanny over it. Right. You know, yeah, just, yeah. just a little something. Dress it up, it up a little. Just dress, dress it up, it up, up. a little yeah. and wear your proper thongs. You're if you're going to wear your thongs, wear your going out thongs. <laughs> you know, the ones that don't unplug, you know, and the plugger stays in. Do yeah. that. Do well, that. maybe there could be a deal. You can wear singlets as long as the thongs are double pluggers. Well, as long yeah. as they're double pluggers, yeah, see, there you go. A yeah. flanny for nighttime attire. There we, what else could we use? Yeah. Um, and then if it's a, you know, a themed thing, you know, you could just tuck it up and tuck it under like a little bikini top because some men need oh, those too. Yeah, tie it up a little. Yeah, yeah, like tie a more, it up more a little. Mid-riff just a bit mid- midriff Show thing. off the belly a bit yeah, more. Yeah, just because yeah. some men have bigger boobs than I do. That's right. Because <laughs> you're saying the belly in the singlet is unattractive. What about the belly, belly out, out of the singlet? Yeah. Right? Yeah. When the singlet sits just on the top of the belly, <laughs> right. there's a little gap. That's you know, right, the wombat it... escaping. Hey, the belly. wombat's escaped. <laughs> That's belly. right. Exactly. Yeah, it's nice. Isn't I know. It? Nice. I, I th- is Queensland the only place that is struggling with this, you know, discrimination, this beautiful, war? Beautiful one day, outrageous the next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until, it... until recently it was too cold everywhere else, you know, mm. like, like we'd go out with, in wearing the singlet. I mean, I would occasionally venture out in a well-pressed bintang um, you know, because I nice. thought that would look quite quite stylish. But a bin tang is a beer, right? On a single. It's your barley beer. Your it's barley your barley beer t-shirt. Oh, so you're saying, you're saying with global warming, yes, the Barrier Reef will disappear. Yes, Australia's cropping regions yeah. will disappear. But even worse, Sydney sides will start wearing singlets. Mm. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. terrible fate. <laughs> and it, right. But, you know, women don't call them singlets. We call them sleeveless tops, don't we? Yeah. Tank tops. Tank There's no top. problem. Is it a tank, tank top? No problem. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. More Queensland fashion advice coming up. And thank God it's Friday. We have Tim Kitson, Rebecca De Unamuna, James Valentine, oh. one of the most brilliant pieces of music oh. I've ever heard. Oh, you oh, know, I, I think I've got a little, a little bit of a crush. Are you oh, feeling like I've that? Got, no, I've got, that was a really, like, I know what it's like to tour a lot and stuff. That really just, that got me. Yeah. yeah. But you've loved him forever. I have loved yeah. him forever. My brother used to, he had a 1967 Hillman Arrow <laughs> and a white with a um, crimson interior as his first car when he was in, like, year 11 and I was in year nine and he would drive me to school and I thought I was so cool and he bought a tape deck from Strathfield Car Radios and he put it in and we'd play chisel going to school and from school every day. Were you the coolest girl at school? Uh, We'll talk about that maybe a bit later. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I think I saw him, I think he was at Sunbury. In 70, maybe 75. Were you at Sunbury? I was at Sunbury two you, years did, in a row. Did you keep your top on? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, many actually. many people didn't. We can, no, we know it's a strange to question to go to, Jen. I know, don't straight think? on. Straight yeah, off, yeah, you know. That's true. I never thought about that, What an image I've got of Richard did looking at Ghost magazine in 1975 yeah. going, oh, my Lord, all that top's off. <laughs> No one kept their top on because it rained and it turned into this like mudslide, and we all it slid down, and the whole hill was sliding into the VIP area. And then we had Mike Hunt's <laughs> security men, and they had nunchuckers. Oh, and as we're all sliding yeah. down, they've got their nunchuckers hitting us over the head. That was those were the days. Why were it was so that cool? Does, that doesn't sound like a festival. How did, how did eleven-year-olds get into Sunbury? That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> huh? Huh? Oh, he's James. such a gentleman, isn't he? Oh. Now, a Victorian judge, uh, Justice Rita Zamet has ruled this week that farting does not represent workplace bullying. It's after a man claimed nearly $2 million from his... This isn't true. ..from his employer claiming his supervisor, who he called Mr Stinky, <laughs> would routinely lift his bum and fart... This is from the transcript... Uh, ..which he found humiliating and disgusting. Now, Mr Stinky, whose actual name is Greg Short, 
denied oh. purposely passing wind towards his colleague, admitting he felt embarrassed he may have accidentally done it once or twice. Um, now, this is evidence the judge appeared to accept and ruled the $2 million claim out of order. What should in that case be considered workplace bullying and should farting be included? James Allentine. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Richard. Uh, it just caught me there for just a moment. But anyway, should be all right from here on. Um, cheap tuna. Oh, it's workplace bullying. Oh, that's workplace bullying. When people bring in the cheap tuna and open it up, and you're, you're sort of going, hang on, is there, do we have cats all of a sudden? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, we that's, have that's desks next to each other. Yeah. And this is a very, very delicately veiled attack on me. Yeah, yeah. We, you didn't have to own it, but yep, it's you and your, and your, and your, and your Costco tuna, okay? Like, come on, mate. You can, you can lift it up. You're well, we all know your salary. It's in the paper all the time. Go to that next level. <laughs> what, you mean the dollar a can? The dollar a can, go to the dollar a can. But the other one that, 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 that this strikes me about is like, um, I remember a little while ago doing it, doing it on the radio, uh, we, we forget that there was a time when BO was so common that you advertised soap mm. by saying, don't wait to be told, you need palm olive gold, which indicated that, that we were in a community where... People were telling one another, mate, mate, really, come on, knock it off. And so we're talking about this on the radio. What emerged was you were, um, people were unconscious of BO. They didn't think about it. More people did manual labour. And to get on a tram and a bus of an evening was a very painful journey indeed. <laughs> and so it was this thing that we all had to be, had to be taught about. So I'd go with the, the cheap tuna and the BO, I think, is uh, you know, one of those things that, you know, sometimes... Don't you wait to be told your tuna needs to be sold. Can I just, <laughs> can I just emphasize the tuna wasn't attacked, the BO wasn't, Richard. That was not, nothing to do with you whatsoever. Jen Kitson, what, what is workplace bullying if farting isn't? Well... I've, I think his problem was he went for too much money. I think $2 million was just too much money, really, because um, the accepted rate in a marriage <laughs> is for one partner, OK, the woman, to say, if I had a dollar for every time you farted, yeah. I would be rich. Mm. And to which the man says, traditionally, I didn't fart, <laughs> even though the paint is peeling off the walls <laughs> and the dog has fainted. And the the yeah. doona is hovering. And the doona, like, uh, yeah, I know, I know. And you're green below the waist. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly, yeah. that's right. I think the first time men usually fart is at the altar, probably. Oh, Just yeah. right after you may now kiss the bride. Yeah, yeah. And then the oh. bride's gown turns oh, yellow. The relief. And, yeah, the relief. The relief, been holding that one in for two years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Or it could be a fear fart. <laughs> Apparently... That's what my husband calls them. He had fear farts crossing the road in Hanoi. <laughs> Apparently, it was so terrifying. You know, we had to. My, my one of my daughters had to hold his hand crossing the road, and she's going, "Dad farted all the way across the road," and he said, "They're fear farts." But I mean, of course, women don't fart. Well, if we do, you know, they're perfectly formed, like <laughs> pearl-shaped fart. Uh. But I, I have actually farted at work because I... W and my problem was that sometimes, you know, you, you're at a dinner and you're emceeing, so you get up from the table and then you've got to go, go you know, walk up the stairs on the stage and mm -hmm. you've been maybe nervous, you've been sitting down, yeah. And so you just go a little... <laughs> As you go up the stairs. Oh. And, and anyway, so that sometimes happens to me on stage and I'll introduce a, a Prime Minister and then I'll oh. walk over yeah, and, you know... That's not nervousness, that's commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the awful thing was... 
the other day I was walking with one of my daughters and that happened. I just did a little... You know, and then my daughter turned to me and said, Mum! And I said, Could you hear that? Uh, I thought mine were always silent. So yeah, I've yeah. never apologised. Yeah. I've never even yeah. thought anyone could yeah. hear them. See, but apparently dogs can hear them in neighbourhoods. <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it? You lose control over that area as you lose your hearing, you know? Exactly, sad. Gee, your marriage thing. Uh, gives a new meaning to the phrase "pass the ring," doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Rebecca, do you think well, what is workplace? Look, bullying? look what is workplace bullying? I, I think just arriving to at work refreshed from annual leave—that's a form of workplace bullying. Mm. I think for all the others that have been yeah, there the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I do—I love this whole idea of, of the the fart being bullying. I just—I would like to see the court case. Can you just imagine the situation? <laughs> you know, and you you're all rise. <laughs> uh, the case, Your Honour, Mister the, the People versus Mister Stinky. <laughs> Uh, yes, Your Honour, my client is here to accuse Mr Stinky of farting in the workplace. It is a clear case of whoever smelt it, dealt it, Your Honour. <laughs> my client, of course, is not that one. He did a bit of crop dusting in his time, but he's never sharted on his way to the photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they are a bit yeah. silent and slightly deadly. <laughs> I just, I, that's, can, we, can we write that show? I think so. I'd just like to hit how, fart court. How far into the court case before someone went all Monty Python? Yeah, they, <laughs> fart, they fart in your general direction. <laughs> are we ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? The wheel of yeah. death. When our lovely audience came in here, they threw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. You could join this audience. All you have to do is Google... Uh, ABC TGIF or TGIF ABC, put it either way around and you'll find the details of who's coming up on TGIF and how you can get free tickets to come along and join the audience here at the ABC in Ultimo. And then you would be able to throw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Topics like trees, guide dogs, caravan, shyster, silk, zippers, hearts, boxing, guinea pigs... What? Placate. Placate. That's a very fancy word. Uh, School holidays, light rail or happiness or Black Friday. Rebecca, you're going to do it this week. I am. Which feel you full of fear? All of them. Yes. Very wise. (laughs) Every single one of them. They're very odd. They are well, why, why placate? Oh, you are. You, I didn't write. I didn't no, choose you just, that you just, word. Yeah, I exactly. simply write. Who had placate? Offered. On what basis? It's what people need to do. They need to placate him. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. So yeah. will that be the word that comes up? We will see. No, round and round and round it goes. Not placate. Not placate. Not, not placate. placate. No, not it placate. is not. It is hearts is the word. Hearts. Oh. Hearts. Oh. Hearts. Oh. All right. Who, who gave us hearts? Ah, oh, what a romantic, lovely word. Hearts. Thank you, Good. Mm. I'm just thinking, you know. Hearts. This is, uh, this is an excerpt from uh, the latest Australian production entitled Hearts. Uh, it's a beautiful story. It's about um, two organ donors who um, <laughs> meet at Wynyard Station on Platform 18 and they're both heading out west and they're the only ones in a carriage, so it's clearly a Labor, not a Liberal government now, and um, there's plenty of seats. And, uh, and they meet and they discuss. They, they, they're really attracted to each other and they discuss, you know, you know where you're travelling, what's going on, what, what's your name and everything. And through the course of the conversation, they realise that they both received donor hearts. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. 
And then you follow their separate journeys after the train and then they reunite some five years later in the same carriage. And just, this, just by chance? Just by chance. And this is the scene. <laughs> I should tell you their names, shouldn't I? Yeah. It's Janice and Juan. <laughs> and uh, Janice and Juan, they meet five years later after having this initial discussion on the train and this is the scene where they sit down together. Start scene. And scene. <laughs> I didn't expect to see you again. Well, you know, sometimes I travel on the train day, night, evenings, all times of the year. <laughs> but Juan, I thought when we first met, we'd never meet again. Do you know why we've met again, my beautiful one? <gasps> He's called me his beautiful one. Does that mean that our two hearts, both from two other people, when placed within us, are now one? I could hear your thoughts. You spoke that out loud. Yes, that's true. <laughs> It seems as though it is one. Five years have passed, you know that where I was travelling was to the factory, the chicken plucking factory, and <laughs> I gave that away. I'm now the manager. Gee, that's amazing. You pluck chickens day and night. No, I don't do the plucking. I order others to do it, just like I'm ordering you, Juan. I wish to be with you. <gasps> she speaks to me like, like someone she loves. Could this be... Poor me, Juan, has had no Juan for so long. <laughs> it seems as though this carriage has the acoustics to allow us to hear each other's internal thoughts, Juan. Just that's right. It's a Labour government now. <laughs> I feel something special, Juan. Let's ride this train to the final stop. <gasps> the final destination. Where might that be? I don't know, but hold my hand, Juan, for our hearts are now one and together we shall drive. I feel so hot and bothered on the seats. My legs are sticking. I feel like I can't go on. Just don't speak anymore. Boom, boom. Do you hear that? <laughs> boom, boom. Here, feel it. Oh, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. And say. Brilliant. Brilliant. Surely that. Uh, look, did I mention it was a flop? Did I mention that hearts <laughs> no, were a terrible flop? Uh, Surely the train is going to come by chance, though. Isn't well, it? I it's hope so. I, have, I do wonder. Does, she, does she die? Does she die? No, no, no she lives! Oh, thank God it's Friday. No, so do I, actually. I might write it. <laughs> Jean Kitson, Rebecca de and James Valentine are here. Now, the Education Minister, Rob Stokes, says he doesn't want to build any more selective schools and has praised the diversity of the local comprehensive. But, but others say it can be hard for brainiac kids to feel they fit in at a normal school. So did you fit in at your school? And was everyone allowed to be themselves? Jean Kitson. Well, I didn't fit in, but not because I was a brainiac, but because um, I moved from this little country school, a state school called Lilydale State School, to um, Rosebud High in Year 7. And Rosebud High, um, it sounds like a... You know, a newly formed flower mm. blossoming into a beautiful, fully formed 
bloom, but it wasn't named after that. It was actually named after the ship, the Rosebud, that got wrecked on the local rocks because the captain was pissed, and which is what Rosebud happened to all the locals at Rosebud. That's what they did every weekend. Um, anyway, Rosebud pissed on the Bundian rocks. Yeah, yeah, the piss. That's right. And um, so it was a really, it was quite a rough school back in the 60s and 70s. Rosebud High was very rough. You know, like in most schools, women, you know, the girls could be excused class when your period started. But at Rosebud, you could only leave if your contractions had started. That's <laughs> sort of what it was like. Anyway, and the status of the girls, like, I remember the first day. So mum was told that I didn't have to wear a uniform on the first day. So I went on the first day and she put... Put me in my best clothes, which was this little grey sh- woolen shift, like a little A-line, light grey, with a white crocheted collar and long white socks and little black shoes with a strap across and an Alice band. And I went to Rosebud High where their skirts were all rolled up to, you know, get that formal wear is hosing the sand off your feet sort of thing. <laughs> like it was this wild school. And the first girl I met, she said, do you, um, do you ever have sex Audrey's in the cupboard? And I, I didn't know what it Sex was. I didn't know what an Audrey was. And a few years later I realised she probably said orgy, but I just got it mixed up and I'm going, is it something like Audrey Hepburn? I had no idea what it is. For years I'm going, what's a sex Audrey? Anyway, um, but the status of girls was, you know, how popular you were with the boys. And I was like thin as a rake. I was really tall. I had no boobs. I didn't only get called flat-chested. I got called concave-chested. I know, I know. My shoulder blades were bigger than my chest. When I wore my cherry red boob tube, it looked like I had my head on backwards. (laughs) It did. I don't know what Queensland surf clubs would do about boob tubes. Oh, exactly. But anyway, so I didn't didn't fit in at all. And I remember the school formal. It was formal. We used that formal was, you know, panel vans going down the beach to deflower year nines. But anyway, the school dance, I remember asking a boy and he stood up and he only came up to my shoulders and he he just turned around and he left the hall, left the state, I think. So... (laughs) And then I, then I, so I didn't fit in not once that whole, my whole years at Rosebud. I, I want to say that Rosebud High's changed a lot nowadays. So I don't know whether anyone comes from Rosebud anymore, but it's a very, very different school to what it was back then. But anyway, I, did, I never fitted in. Mm-hmm. I did know, you, sad, isn't yeah. it? Sad. Did, you, did you fit in, James? Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, well, yes, uh, but uh, in a different, in, in a similar sort of way. I mean, Picture me at high school. I'm 12 years old, short pants, and a flute. <laughs> now that that is an invitation for a beating, and it meant you had to toughen up. You know, get out of here, mate, or I'll hit you with a Mozart adagio, fast as you can say. You know, C major. So um, it, it it was it was sort of it was good. It was actually a very good encompassing sort of thing. But it did mean that you had to sort of. Um, if you're going to be the, the classical flute player in the uh, in a in a boys' school, it was uh, you did sort of have to, uh, you know, wear a little bit of appropriate, a little bit of a little bit of stirring <laughs> yeah. here and there. It's a, a like, no, it's a note on the back saying "kick me," isn't it? It's really? a note on the back yeah. saying "saying kick me." So it does, I think it does explain why at some point I discovered I thought 
that saxophone looks a bit cooler than the, uh, than the, and, the flute. And, may, and maybe a chap could try long pants. Maybe I could try the long pants and, you know, stop playing the jazz flute, which is, you know, humiliating for everybody forevermore anyway. <laughs> Rebecca, did you fit in? I, I, I think I did. I think I did. Well, I went to school in a Hillman playing cold chisels. Yeah, so that was yeah. pretty, you know, hell, I checked that out. But I, I did, I got along, I, I was one of those people, I think, at school that I just had friends in every group, you know, like I wasn't, I had my group of friends, but I was also friends with everyone. Like I just liked talking to everybody and I sat next to anyone in class and that kind of thing. And That's just because you wanted to copy their voices I, later. I saw, mm. they were material for a show, yeah, definitely, all of them. And uh, and I and I will say this, I was, I was, it's kind of hard to admit this, I was school captain mm. in both mm. primary and high school. Oh, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Oh. And they say that's a popularity contest, so, you know, yeah. I don't know. But I was, I was also, I played sport, good at sport. It's not actually a popularity contest. The teachers only say that, but in fact they <laughs> collect all the votes, they find the really popular kid and they say, let's not make that kid the head girl. <laughs> we'll make... That goody goody two shoes, <laughs> Rebecca. But I was also wow, I carrying had, a lot I had of bitterness. Yeah, you know. I had edges. I did things that were wrong as well when I was mm. at school. I, I could I could be bad too, you know. But I always got away with it because I was school captain. I'd say, you know, like I'd skip out from my math class because I hated it and I was failing. And I'd say, I'm so sorry, sir, but um, the principal needs to see me for a very important meeting mm. about the spring concert. <laughs> and they'd say, off you go. And I'd collect everybody's uh, money and go and stand front of the canteen line so that when the <laughs> Bell rang. I was there, and I'd just place all the orders, and woo, sweet. But it's always. And if someone came up to me in the line, I'm so sorry, sir, but the principal asked me to stand here and monitor the line before everybody showed up. I got away with a lot. The bad girl who pretended to be good. How disgusting, disgraceful. Who were the winners and losers of the week, Rebecca? Uh, My winners. I have to say the Paralympic athletes who have been just doing amazing, amazing work at the Com Games, and to Kurt um, Fernley. Just what an extraordinary and best of luck, Kurt. Like I just, I just, you know, I love him. And uh, the losers for me. uh, Well, it seems as though Channel Nine might be the loser. Yeah, Uh, they've lost the cricket, which I never thought I'd see that happen. See what happens when Richie goes, when Richie Benno goes, all turns 40 to... years of history, gone. Jean, who are the winners and losers? Uh, the winners are all those paranoid people who think that Mark Zuckerberg is an alien lizard who lives in their brains because they're right. <laughs> <laughs> and the losers are anyone who thinks Facebook is their friend. <laughs> but I was going to say the loser was Malcolm Turnbull trying to sing I'm the Voice. Was that this yeah. week? Oh, no, that yeah. was such a winner of a moment. It was fantastic. Was you it, know. I don't, I he didn't, didn't know the words. Oh, well, we all know them, don't we? Who were the winners and losers? James Valentine. Uh, well, I, I thought winners and losers of the week were Channel 9 and Channel 7 because they've just swapped. Yeah. They've just yeah. swapped sports. They just said, well, you're going to have the cricket for a while, you're going to have the tennis. They're either both wrong, one of them's right, you know, it's going to be fantastic. And then the other main loser is the US Senate who was trying to grill Mark Zuckerberg mm. and ended up sort of saying, ended up showing that they... They, they'd ask their, their nephew about how Facebook worked, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. There was one senator who said, what's happened to that face mash, Mr Zuckerberg? He wasn't going to get out of there without resetting their Wi-Fi, no. I can no. tell you. No. Hey, uh, we're out of time, but thank you for joining. Thank God it's Friday! <laughs> Next week, the iconic Australian band The Apartments, plus Tommy Dean and Gretel Colleen. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. Thank God it's Friday! <laughs>